KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. These girls are super competitive. I mean, they hate to lose more than they love to win. They just go out there and they just play. They practice hard. We go six days a week. They're there every practice. I just think that they're just such competitors. You really can't teach that. And our guest this week is Joe Moore. Now, he is the head softball coach at Clayton High School in South Jersey in Gloucester County. And his team, back-to-back state champions in Group 1. And, Joe, thanks for coming into the makeshift studio in my dining room. Thank you for having me. Appreciate and I, it. I say my dining room. I am a proud Clayton High alum, so I want everybody to kind of understand where I'm coming from this and understand the context of what you and your players have been able to accomplish the last couple of years. Clayton is a very small public school system in South Jersey. It's one of the smallest. Am I correct? That's correct. We have about 400 students, and out of that, approximately 185 uh, young ladies. So... It's really incredible the type of success that you've had the last couple of years with these state championships, 28 and two in 2021, 21 and four in 2022. As you're getting ready for 2023, I know high school sports, you know, back in my day, I played soccer. We started a couple of weeks before school started with practices, games ran until the end of October, <laughs> and that was pretty much it. But high school sports, it's different now, isn't it? Yes, that's true. Um, currently, our girls are weight training, doing some band work and stretching. Uh, some of those girls are also involved in other winter sports, so they're playing them. But yeah, we, uh, I think our trainer and our weightlifting coach does a great job in the off season, which takes us into uh, March, where we begin our practices. When will the first game be? A couple weeks of practice before you start? Correct. Usually the first game is in very early uh, April, first week of April. When did coaching first appear on your radar? Was this something that you've always kind of done on the side? I know you've been Clayton, the head coach of Clayton about a decade, correct? Correct. Actually, I started uh, myself and my wife back around 2004, so when my first daughter, Allie, uh, started in the minors and then Kelly and Casey came on. So I'd say I first started then and then I started coaching travel ball 2005 or so again uh, with my wife and a woman by the name of uh, Dawn Mater, who was a real mentor of mine. And then it just took off from there. I got bit by the softball bug and I just been doing it at the travel ball level and high school level, things of that sort. How did the, I mean, you're, you live in in Clayton, and was the opportunity to high school, was it you had a chance to coach your kids? How'd that door open? Yes. In 2011, my oldest daughter, Allie, was a freshman, and I was just on, like, as a assist coach, just to help out. They needed someone. And then the head coach wound up leaving that same year, so I immediately went to the head coach and been doing so ever since. So once we mentioned earlier, small public school, and one of the other things, I think people that follow high school sports – I kind of talked jokingly about my experience, but the, the landscape, it's completely different now. And you've got a lot of levels of schools, you know, private schools, charter schools, where there's maybe a little bit more control who comes in. With the public school, you're pretty much handed, it's a very small school system. And you're also, you know, these are basically the kids that are in the system that are going to, that want to play for you, right? It's, it's basically you're kind of handed the cart. That's correct. All of the players are from Clayton, except for one, one. Uh, individual because we are a choice school one individual transferred from Paul 6th to Clayton 
But throughout my years, that's the only one that ever has. So it's all Clayton young ladies. Let's talk about your career at Clayton. And we were talking before we got started. You know, you had a solid record of about 500, give or take a couple games either way every year. 2018, you had a rough two-win season. But then you jump back to 12 wins the next year. And then COVID hits. And then the last two years, 49-6, and six, two state titles. Was it just a special group of kids that kind of came through and you just had a kind of there's an absurd amount of talent in this group. Did you tweak something in the way you approached it? What would you say kind of has happened the last couple of years? Well, the uh, young ladies that came through are extraordinary talents. Seven of the nine are or will be playing in college at some level. The other two had opportunities to play in college, chose to direct their efforts toward their education uh, in like nursing and uh, things of that sort, physical therapy. So the amount of talent was terrific that came through and still have a lot of talent. These girls have been playing since they've been eight years old. They came up through the Clayton Little League, uh, were uh, well coached. They all played travel ball on uh, highly competitive teams, and they just love to play softball. And they're really, really talented. And uh, myself and my coaching staff are uh, fortunate to be able to coach these girls. Is it something that you mentioned they came through the Little League system and, you know, travel ball? Is this something – a couple of years out, you can kind of see like, oh, wow, these sixth and seventh graders, you know, who knows where life's going to take them. But if they continue on this road and this group's all kind of together and they stay together, there might be something special coming. That was in the works back when they were eight, nine, ten years old. And talking to the coach at the time, uh, Mark, I, he invited me over. I did some coaching with them on occasion. And he told me, um, I just want you to watch these girls. They're going to be special. Sure enough, they've come up through the program and they've played softball. Yeah, they're more than special when you look at some of the the accomplishments they've had. So let's go to heading into the 2020-21 school year, the year you guys win your first state title. Now, it's also a year where still kind of in the heart of the pandemic and life's weird and school's kind of back in person, but there's a lot of virtual depending upon, you know, how things were going. I'm curious, you're obviously excited because you know the kids that you have, but there's got to be a lot of uncertainty because as of right now, we're going to play, but things could change. Like, how are you approaching that year? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, you know, coming off of that 1920 year where we didn't get to play softball, which this class would have been freshmen and sophomores at that time. So when they were, came back as sophomores and juniors, it was still uh, we still were involved with the COVID. Um, we were wearing masks at practice, things like that. We had a lot of talks with our players to stay within our team. If you're going to do things, go with the girls that are on your team so that COVID didn't have an impact on our team. So we tried to stay together with just our group to fend off COVID. And it worked very successfully because we had no COVID cases. And uh, it was enabled us to play, you know, a full season. Because if you have uh, COVID cases on your team, there's you could wind up not playing games and make it more difficult for your season and to get into playoffs and things of that sort. So that's what we kind of do. We just kept a small group and we talked to them a lot about it and being cautious and things of that sort. You combine this special group of kids that are coming up and you mentioned no 2020 season because of COVID. When you combine a special amount of talent with having something that everybody loves taken away, does it also raise the emotional stake that everybody kind of has a reset? Like, 
man, I knew I loved softball, but I didn't realize how much it meant to me. And you combine that with talent, and it's really a, not the circumstances we want anybody to go through, but it's really a special mix. Yeah, and absolutely what you just said is um, so true. After missing that year, and the expectations were high with these two classes uh, coming in, it really made these girls aware and appreciate softball, but they were ready to play. As we said, they're very talented, and there's been some high expectations for these two classes coming through. Everybody knew that they were pretty good softball players, so everybody wanted to see them. But these these girls, they really they were ready to play. Your expectations are high within the school, within the athletic department. You guys know what you have. How long did it take, do you feel, for that 2021 team to really announce their presence and start? You could just kind of tell that it was a little different when you guys came to town or when you played played teams. Yes, I thought that we could be good. I wasn't exactly sure how good, but... Um, we played an out-of-conference game early in 2020 versus Delcy, who was a perennial powerhouse in softball. They have very good teams. They're very well coached. And we wound up beating them 9-2. to The coach indicated to me, he said, wow, you guys are really good, and you know, I think you could possibly win. At least South Jersey, maybe States. I was like, wow, thank you, but we have a long way to go. I think that's when our team really started to believe, wow, we, we can be pretty good. And then it just continued on through that year. And uh, we had only had one loss, you know, that year going into our final loss against Donovan Catholic. So you, you mentioned that. And also, I want to give people context. And I keep harping on this, but it's one of the reasons why I just think what you've been able to accomplish is so incredible. Because we were talking when we first set this up, we were talking and I mentioned to you how impressed I was with like, because I know how small the district is and has someone who went through it compared to some of just the other schools. And you mentioned Delcy right down the street, but it's huge. It's a regional high school. You know, you're, what did you have? 13 kids on a roster and like, that's your program. Whereas you were telling me with another school, they had a freshman team, they had a JV team, they had a varsity team. Like the numbers are just so much bigger for a lot of these teams you're playing. Absolutely. Uh, And the year that we only had 10 wins, I I really appreciate those girls because we had, like 10 and 11 that year. And they kept a varsity program going under difficult circumstances. So that helped us get to where we are now. And again, on a really, really good year at Clayton softball, we have 17 girls. That's a really good year. So when I go and I usually travel with 12 uh, varsity girls, 13 at most, and the coach would say, wow, you have, it's a nice program. We already have 13, you know, girls on varsity. I'm like, no, that's my whole program. That's everybody. So then people start to begin to understand, you know, how difficult it can be at small schools to get girls to play that are very talented, and that doesn't often happen. So you mentioned that game with Delcy, and you mentioned the coach had a lot of praise and thought you guys could have big things. And I know you're being a little modest, like, well, thanks, you know, still got work to do. But when, for you, does it crystallize like, all right, we're talented, these kids get it, and we are going to be a handful, not just in our conference, not just in our region, but we are going to be a very difficult out. Was there a moment past that Dulcie game when it really went to another level? Yeah, because even though they were talented girls, it was still their first year of playing together 
all nine starters. So there's always a concern with gelling and things like that, even though they're all from the same town and all that, but coming together and sacrificing things that they had to do in order to become as great as they are. But it really kicked in in 2021. We played in the uh, Williamstown tournament, and we played Cherry Hill West, who's a group four school, and we played Buna, who is absolutely very talented, terrific. Pam, there's just an excellent coach. And we wound up beating both of those teams and then moving on. And throughout the year, we played St. Joe's Hamilton. Again, very well coached, excellent team. We wound up beating them. And then just moving through, because we have a, we have a very, um, our conference and our division, we have some really tough teams. We have Pennsville, Gloucester Catholic, Gloucester. So those are teams that are difficult, and we wound up, we were fortunate, and we played well, and we were able to beat those teams as well. So that's when we started really rolling and feeling pretty confident, which takes us into the playoffs. And then you just never know at playoffs because it's the first time for sophomores and juniors. So that's when you knew. Late, late, I would say. Real quick, just for people that are listening and maybe don't understand, we've mentioned Group 1 and you mentioned Group 4. Kind of give us a quick primer on how the groups work and how schools are. are is it a, It's a size thing. Correct. Each group, it's based on the size of the school, group one being the smallest um, and group four being the largest. You know, the Washington Townships, uh, I believe GCIT and Cherry Hill West, those types of schools, they're the largest schools with the greatest enrollment. Take us inside. We've kind of talked in generalities of how good these kids have been the last couple of years. Why? What made this group special? What made them talent-wise is such an incredible softball story? That's meaning you're very talented and they worked really hard. But these girls are super competitive. I mean, they hate to lose more than they love to win. They just go out there and they just play. They practice hard. We go six days a week. They're there every practice. And um, I just think they're just such competitors. And it's, you really can't teach that. You know, you can teach skills and things of that sort, but it's really difficult to teach that competitiveness. You know, and so much so, even in our practices and our training, what I always say to these girls, these girls are thoroughbreds. I can't practice them like ponies. So even when we're training for and doing different things, I change the drills just to keep them involved and mentally aware and things of that sort because you just can't with this team do the same thing this, all the time. So um, I guess in short to answer your question is just how competitive they are. And has it been a challenge for you because you've had to almost – it sounds like, I don't know if reinvents the word, but you've had to take your coaching different places. Um, yes, in some ways, yes. Like you say, just trying to really keep things moving and stuff like that. I have great assistant coaches. Like it, That is a huge help. When we split, we do in, what we call individual drills. We'll split into middle infielders, corners, and outfielders. I have um, my wife's an assistant coach. Nancy Kinsley's an assistant coach. They do outfield. I got John Cowley who helps with infield. He does all our pitchers. You know, and then myself, I do catchers and then infield. In our individuals, then we'll come along. We'll go into groups, infield, and then outfield, and then we'll come into like different team drills. You can't do that without excellent assistant coaches. It's impossible. So having them, I don't have to be concentrated so much on every single position. So that's why when we specialize, uh, we conduct drills that are specialized for outfielders, middle infielders, corners, things of that sort. It's so successful. And that keeps the girls moving and progressing um, at a quick manner because our practices are fast and difficult. We try to impose that on them so that when it comes game time, they've seen it. They've played at that speed. We try to make sure that we can give as much to the players as possible 
so that they see it in practice and can react to it in a game. Now, it's difficult to do in every single situation, but we really work hard to try to do that for them. And then they understand it, they do it, and then when game comes, people are like, wow, they're just really smooth, they're really good, because they've seen it and practiced it. I'm curious, you talk about the kids being incredibly competitive. How much, and once again, it's kind of part, I think, from the outside, this secret sauce, being one of this incredibly small school district, this David always against Goliath, regardless of of circumstances, does it lead to a little chip on their shoulder that you talk about how much they hate to lose, but also it's this little school district that could almost? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, they play on other, like on travel ball teams. They have other friends and things like that. And you'll hear, oh, you're, you know, you're really good, but pretty good for a group one school, you know? So what I always tell girls, no, we're, we're good. Period. Period. The end. So, and, and we've tried to show people how good we are by playing up in different groups. We've played group four, three, and two schools and been very successful against them. We've played the Kingsways, the GCITs, Cherry Hill West, Buna, Moorestown, St. Joe. We played some of the best area schools that we could, and their softball teams were good, and we have been very successful. We've beaten those teams, and they're great teams, great talent, great coaching. They get you know a lot of kids out for their program. So I think people, particularly after this year, really began to understand that we're just a really good softball team in general. Forget about group. We just, we can play. So take me through the the state playoffs the first year, the 2021 year, when it's all new. And you mentioned, you know, when you get into a playoff situation, anything can happen. All it takes is one error, one missed call, or one kid stepping up, and the whole calculus for changes. What's that ride like? It was very exciting for not only players, but the coaches, you know, kind of knowing what's on the line and we get great support from the school, from the town. I mean, they come out to our games in bunches. It's just, uh, it's a lot of fun. So you, you feel a little bit of pressure that, you know, you want to play well and not disappoint. And we were able to do that. And that first run in, you know, 21 was really, really special because we weren't sure that we could be state champions. A lot of people talked about it, but it's difficult to do. And real quick, kind of what are the levels? You, you win the group and the region? Like, how, what's the level? Right, right. You start out for the, for the championship. You start in the first round. It's usually with the team in the south. We have played Gloucester, generally, and or Pennsville. Um, and we're able to beat them. And then you move on and you play again. And then you from a team, the winner of Central Jersey. So then you move on and then you play a winner of North Jersey, group one. I'm speaking about these are all group one schools. And then you play that school and then that determines the state championship. So there's a series of three to four games, depending on if you get a bye or not, um, that you have to win to ultimately win the state championship. And, um, you know, we were able to do that the first year against, well, we had to go all the way through Whippany Park and Robbinsville and all that and uh, do it. it. That was really special. We got to play, those games were held at Seton Hall University in Newark, up Jersey City. You know, turf field, beautiful atmosphere was unbelievable so uh, it was a lot of fun a little nerve-wracking at times but uh, the first one was uh, really special do you remember like you talk about the atmosphere and where on the ladder of competition did it start to feel different like was there a game where you're kind of like okay we're not you know almost like we're not in Kansas we're not in Clayton anymore like was there a a one game that really kind of crystallized for you how far you guys had come they were all, I mean, starting off that year, you know, we beat Pennsville 2-1. to one, Then we beat Gloucester 3 nothing. Whippany Park, 
you know, three nothing, and then finally, you know, Robbinsville nine to one, and leading all the way through tournament cha- to tournament of champions. They're all good teams. When you start getting to that level, you know you're going to be in. Each game's going to be a fight. So, you know, we, we try to help the girls. We do a lot of scouting and things like that on the teams that we're playing to try and figure out things and defensive strategies and what types of defenses we're going to play and how we're going to approach offensively uh, in playing these teams. And then the girls just execute. It. Again, it goes back to their talent and desire to win. When along the road did you allow yourself as a head coach to honestly entertain the idea that we might be able to win the state championship? Because I think it is one thing to kind of have it in the ether, but there has to be a moment in your head where it starts to enter the calculation that this is not just happy talk. This is not just something written in the paper. This group could really do it. Do you, did, do you remember that? That first year... I didn't believe it till that game, that championship game really? was over. You know, even in the seventh inning, you know, it was three nothing. So you're, you're running you're, scenarios. You're, yeah, where yeah. It could... Correct. That's what that's what I'm doing. And you just you just want to get outs. Like you just want to get three outs. And, and and you're doing, you know, your coaching and your players are um, hyper vigilant and they're just trying to do everything. And uh, they they were they they just you know they took the coaching staff through the game basically. What was it that when the final out? What's that uh, emotion like? Anything you have you ever felt like that before? Never, never. There was, oh, you get chills. A lot of teary eyes, players, coaches, because it's just, it's just an unbelievable feeling. Like you are the best in the state of New Jersey in Group One. You know, then after that, you're really excited. But then you're th- thinking about, um, okay, for no, the next tournament of champions and things like that. And with tournament of champions, that's all the the state champs that, they kind of get put into a tournament right correct that's the group one through four state champions at each group who then face off to play each other and of course you know that year 21 we uh played donovan catholic who again phenomenal team a lot of girls going to play in college phenomenal you know very well coached and they were a heavy favorite uh in that game and uh it wound up they beat us three to two in just a great game by both teams, and um, the coach came across and just was like, "Wow, Clayton." Knowing the facts of you know, thirteen, fourteen girls, right. and All that, and again, Donovan Catholic girls come from all over to play at that at that school and you know attend school there. So although we lost three to two, that was another um, phenomenal moment. I'm just curious. The tournament of champions, like you reach the top of the mountain winning a state title and you talk about how well they play, but I'm just, is it hard to get back to where you need to be emotionally? Like how long after you win the state title is the turn? Is it a week? Yeah, about a week. So how hard was that? I mean, how, and how did you approach it? Did you approach it the exact same way as you did the, the playoffs? Exactly the same way. Same way? The same way we went to work practiced you know we knew the task at hand going to have to play Donovan Catholic and obviously we're very excited about being state champions but you know we got back to practice on Monday and we just went at it again being that fierce competitor that each of these girls are they wanted to play Donovan Catholic because again we were given no chance and again it was a three to two game and very exciting We need to take a break on -on one-on-one we will have more with Clayton High School head softball coach Joe Moore right after this And we are back on one-on-one. Our guest this week is Clayton High School head softball coach Joe Moore. So when it all, the dust is all settled, you're state champs, does life for the program feel different the next few months? Like, are there tangible things you can point to? And I don't know what they would be, but... 
well, that's never happened before. We've never heard from this person before. We've never got invited to this tournament before. Like, could you tell life was different? Yes. Um, we were invited to two tournaments that we never were invited to previously, which was the Williamstown tournament and then the Hamilton tournament. Both are very good tournaments. Um, you have to be a good team to get in. And um, we were able to get in, and we did very well in the Williamstown tournament. And then last year, the Hamilton tournament, we didn't do so well there. But to be able to get in to those tournaments is tough. And then, like I said, for the most part, we played very well. Then last year in the Hamilton tournament, we played Rancocas Valley, and we didn't play so well. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from them because, again, they were a very good team, very well coached. Um, they played very well. We just didn't play our best softball that particular day. But to answer your question, yeah, we were getting a lot of things, opportunities, um, a lot of um, in like the Carrier Post, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all those we were getting, you know, a lot of reps. They were interviewing players and coaches and things of that sort. So that had never um, that had never happened uh, before. So, yeah, there was some new new things that happening and the girls took it in stride and uh, they were, you know, very happy. The town, again, I, I was phenomenal when we won the state championship. There was a parade in town. We were on the fire engine going around. There was a lot of great things. The police escort, they were excellent. The council and the mayor, they were excellent. And they've they done a lot of things for us as well. So it's just been a great experience. What was, so then this past season, 2021 or 2022, you win state title again. What is the approach, you know, and I don't want to, you know, you're, you're still one of the small schools, but you had the entire roster. You'd won the state title with 2021. That entire group's just is back, but just a year older. Am I correct? Correct. Yes. So what's the approach? Is it let's run it back, let's do it again? Do you not focus on the state title? Are you focusing on, on the day-to-day? Like, what, how did you approach it? Right. We weren't focusing on the state. It was game, game, you know, play the game, practice for the game. We always go in, let's, you know, win our division, let's win our conference, um, let's win South Jersey, and then ultimately let's, you know, win states. We don't really talk about it. It was more difficult the second, you know, the 22 season. 21st, no one knew us. No one didn't really know how good we are. You know, people had talked, but they never really, you know, no one really saw it. So we were a dark horse and, you know, we snuck up on some teams, maybe things of that sort. Going into the 22 season, there was no sneaking up. As a matter of fact, we were the target. And, you know, we became people's Super Bowl, you know, to beat Clayton because we were good. And, you know, we started 8 0 in 22. We lost to Rancocas Valley, right? Didn't play well. It really um, it changed our girls. Because they were like, we have to play. We just can't show up. We lost that game 7-2 to Rancocas Valley. Then we ran off like 12 or 15 straight after that. So that was a, although negative, it was a turning point in our season to remind the girls that we have to remain focused and play every team. So that was the difference that no one looked past us. Everybody was gunning for us, you know. Mm-hmm. And that is that is different than the 21 season. And but you know, we prepared and we had goals and we talked to the girls about that a lot, indicating we're going to have to stay focused, that you are no longer going to sneak up on anybody and you have to be prepared to play every game. And again, I think they found that out in that tournament with Rancocas Valley. And like I said, from that point on, we just rolled. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to believe, but in two years, that was our worst loss. And we only lost by five and we did not play well at all. We had two losses by one run. One loss by two runs, and then the one loss by five runs. That's it. That's pretty remarkable. How much does the experience of 2021, I don't just mean the winning, but just knowing kind of what's expected, how much does that help in 2022? Just because everything was so new in 
in 21. How much does it having just the experience of going through it help? Oh, that was that was everything. They were maybe a little calmer. They they understood the moment more mm-hmm. at hand. And also in the 22 season, they know they have four or five seniors that they're no longer going to be playing with. They've been playing with for a long time. And that was the mantra. And they were not going to be denied in 22 either. They just, you know, they, they prepared. And we also let them know that we're even going to, our schedule is going to be more difficult. We are intentionally putting teams like Kingsway, GCIT, those types of teams on the schedule to prepare for our own division conference and group. And again, in the start of the 22 season, we went to Florida and we played games in Florida to prepare to help us in 2022, knowing that the um, competition was going to be greater and that people were going to be gunning for us. So it was a great experience in Florida, the bonding and all that. A lot of these girls had not done, or some of these girls had not done this. And uh, it was just a really, it was, it was a special moment. And, you know, it took a lot. We fundraised, the school helped us, the town was, ter- again, was terrific, the people. So that's started us off into our difficult schedule in 22 and like I said perennial powerhouse teams Gloucester is always very very good Pennsville is always very good Gloucester Catholic you know in in way back when my goal was always to develop a program like theirs that could compete year in and year year out and was finally able to accomplish this with these two years you talked about how the first time you know until you get the final out you weren't the second time, is it the same type of thing? Or you know that you can do it. So is there a different, I don't even want to say mental approach, but is it a different headspace as you're counting those outs and you're, you're coming down to it? Yeah, it was, it was, it was more calm in my mind, you know, in my mind. And there was just that belief that we're going to, I knew we were going to get this done. The girls believed the same thing. And, um, it, it was exciting. It really was. It was a great feeling. But I think even if, you know, you talk to the girls, that first one, that first one in 21, because no one expected us and everybody expected the 22 team, you know, and in a small school with a limited roster, what I, you know, what I or the team could not afford is injury. I get a key injury, whether it be my catcher, my pitcher, whatever it may be, it makes it even more difficult because the numbers aren't there, you know, so, so We've been very fortunate. Do they play with some injuries? Yeah. Aches, pains, yeah. But nothing where they, you know, tore an ACL or anything like that. Right. Right. Just couldn't go. And again, I think that's, one, their work ethic in the offseason. Two, our trainer. um, Three, our weightlifting coach, which is also a teacher at Clayton. So I I think that all helps. And uh, we were fortunate in that respect because we just can't afford injuries. You talk about the, the difference in the two. Which was more satisfying for you? I mean, there's nothing like the first time. You do it. And it wasn't just first time for you, first time for the school, like yeah. for the program. But to be able to then, as you mentioned, everybody knows who you are, and to be able to go to the top of the mountain again, which is more satisfying? Well, yeah, I would, the first one was more, maybe, more, maybe a little more exciting all that. But second one, I would say, would be more, was more satisfying because everybody wanted us. Everybody wanted to beat us. Um, you had to be on your best every pitch, every inning, every at-bat. Every team gave us their best shot, and, and we were able to take their best shot and then punch back and ultimately, you know, be very successful. So I think the second one was that because it was more difficult. And you, I think it was Weehawken you guys beat for the title in 2022, am I right? Yes. I asked you about what it's like after the first one. What is it like after the second one when we just talked about how you were able to do it again and everybody's coming for you? 
but you also mentioned you had that block of seniors that there's a different emotion oh, yeah. plugged in to this one. I think it's rare to not have not lose a player from one year to the next in a high school setting just because of the way you know rosters are set up or whatever. So you had this extraordinary opportunity to have him back the second time, but then you throw in that you know that's what forty percent of your roster <clears throat> that's graduating, and it's a right. critical forty percent of your right. roster. So what is the what is the aftermath of the second title like from for the group for you? I mean, it's got to be mm-hmm. incredibly emotional. It was after the excitement of it all. Then that's when it, it hits the bus ride home. You know things like that. You're so there's everybody's so happy, but they know that's the last time. They could be a state champion together and things of that sort. That was – and after the game, again, it was very emotional. But they knew, you know, what they had accomplished from little old Clayton High School. They knew. And um, it was difficult for them. Well, for everybody. But that's just the way it happens. Programs, the next year comes and the next year comes. And, you know, and that's the way – that's kind of the way it is. And um, But, yet, you know, it, they're a special group. And the thing is, in missing that 20 season – who knows what this key team could right. have accomplished? So the 21 season becomes their freshman, we'll say, f- inaugural season. So they're learning and yelling and doing all that. But if they had that two, when they were, you know, freshmen, sophomores, who knows? You know, who, that, that's always their question. And we've set both team and individually a lot of records. Like, we're going to have five girls at the end of this season that are going to have 100 hits. They did it in three years. Most It takes four years, mm-hmm. generally. You know what I mean? It, they did it, you know, like I said, in three. I'm going to have one pitcher with over 400 strikeouts. I'm going to have another pitcher with over 300 strikeouts. That's, again, in three years. So their accomplishments, it, it'll be difficult to beat. Like I said, you know, whether it be the Classic Division, Tri-County Conference, you know, to go 20-0, 28-0, you know, it, it's really difficult to do. It's really, really difficult to do, and particularly when you're playing up in – group class you know fours and threes and things of that seven of the nine starters are going on to play college softball how much pride do you take in that because not only did they have this success but it kind of helps to catapult them to not to say they wouldn't go to college but to be able to play a sport at the collegiate level you know how much pride is oh a lot um i've known these you know, young ladies since they've been eight, nine years old. And to be a part of it, it's it's really exciting. And and the amount of work that goes in to coaching, both by myself and my assistants, and uh, just not the game of softball, but life, helping them with different things and, you know, um, helping them understand that they have to sign for the clearinghouse to play, you know, in college in Division One, Division Two, and stuff. Things like that sort. Um, these girls go to my assistant coaches, my wife Tracy and then Nancy a lot and just talk about things. So to be able to be involved in their entire lives and hopefully after softball they become and they will be productive citizens, good people, because they're all great young ladies right now. So there's no reason they're not going to carry it on. I mean, their parents have done a great job with each of these young ladies because they're not only forget about softball for a second, they're great people. You know, I mean they're easy to coach. They want to be good. They want to get better. They want to work hard. That's important because you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're divided, if one pitcher's mad that the other pitcher's pitching, and because they're both these pitchers that I have in Meadow Lake and uh, Allison Kerner, both of them are ones. I've been asked this many times, well, you have a one and a two, a one A and a one B. I don't. I have two ones. Both are going to be pitching at Division Two in college. Like, they're that good. So people are like, nah, no. I'm like, they, so it's hard for people to understand that they're both number one pitchers. They're that good. 
They throw hard. They have multiple pitches. You know, um, I had a catch. I have a, well, she graduated, you know, uh, and Maddie, a phenomenal catcher. You know, everybody stacked the odds against her. She's about five foot three, you know, 110 pound, whatever. They always wasn't big enough, wasn't strong enough, could never do it. I think in football, in three years, no, she, she was, I think, in, yeah, in three years, I think she missed two games, I think. Did she play injured? Absolutely. But a terrific catcher. I mean, batted seventh in the lineup, so they couldn't, they just couldn't pitch around people, right? Catcher, I mean, she controlled the game. Obviously, could throw girls out and steals, but um, the way she would frame pitches for our pitchers, she got pit, she got our pitchers a lot of strikes. So, you know, you have to replace those people, you know, and that's difficult, but that's what you'll – but now that they're playing college, like, wow, I was part of that. And all of our assistant coaches can say that. John Calli, who's an assistant, he works with pitchers. You know, he's had an integral part as well. He calls the games. Maddie then has to execute it. And then obviously then our pitchers have to uh, have to fulfill the pitch that's called. So there's a lot that goes into it. So all of the coaches, are we're really happy that the girls are going to be playing in college. And they will do well in school as well. How much of an impact has the last couple of years had on you as a person? Um, I don't know that it's had I, I it's why it's a hard question to answer because I try to always deflect to my players because they're the ones that do it they physically have to go out and do it they have to be mentally prepared to do it yes the coaches we we, we, we try to prepare them and we do but for them to be able to go out there and actively do it game in and game out is difficult and uh, so I, I always try to deflect to them because you know we always have we have some sayings and you know one of the sayings is our job as coaches is to keep the boat in the channel they're doing all the hard work they're rowing they're doing all that so we got to just try and keep it in, in the center of the channel and direct them and making good choices both on and off the field and um, it, it worked very well for us do you think and I you kind of referenced this but how much are you looking forward to them completely appreciating? what they accomplish. And I don't say that meaning that they don't appreciate it now, but you're in high school right. and you you have that kind of success. Like as they get older and they get further away from it, there's going to be just this wave of appreciation of what they were a part of, what they yeah. accomplished, where they accomplished it. And kind of how much are you looking forward to seeing them come to that realization? Yeah, that, that will be exciting. You know, as they get older and out of college and, you know, married kids and all that and be able to tell their spouses and kids, you know, how truly good, they were and their, the team they played on was. Because sometimes you forget, and when I was just looking back at some things and preparing for this, um, you, you start to realize, wow, like we're really good. Like the numbers indicate that, you know, not just what we believe because we know we're really good, but when you start seeing some of these numbers, it's pretty impressive, you know, to be the division champs three years in a row, South Jersey two times in a row, state champs two times, you know, all those things, it's pretty amazing. Final question, favorite part of what you do? The girls, the players. Just being around them, you know, keeps you young. The things that we talk about, the things that they do, you know, uh, I've been around them a long time, so they're confident when they tell me things or just joke, just whatever it may be. Just, I would say just being around the girls, I love it. I mean, I love softball. I love coaching softball. I, I you know, in, in all phases. But I just love the. I, I love going to practice with them. I just love being around them and, uh, you know, trying to help them get better at the sport. You know, uh, give any advice that I can give when it comes to life and things like that. I would say that's that is it. Like that's it. Just the girls. Joe Moore, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. 
And that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Joe Moore, head softball coach at Clayton High School in Gloucester County, New Jersey, for being our guest this week. If you like this show and you listen on Apple Podcasts, want to help us out, leave us a rating and a review. You can follow the show on Twitter at one on one pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Matt Leon1060. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to check us out again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.